episode of The Sideline. My name is Richie Elza. My name's Asher Heyer. And your Denver Nuggets going to the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history. Yes, sir. I, like, I couldn't sleep last night. Like, I was like, <laughs> after the final brother sounded, I'm just like in shock. I'm watching everything. And I'm, I was like, I'm going to make brownies because I, I feel like I deserve brownies. <laughs> But then I just stood there looking at Twitter for like three hours, just like standing, like not doing, I was just like still in shock. And then I come upstairs, I forget to make the brownies. And I come upstairs, I sit down and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. But I was so sweaty from the game because I was so nervous. <laughs> I took a shower and then that energized me. It was up for another like two hours. <laughs> I could not sleep. I was, I like, I, I was the happiest I've ever been. Um, my mic is still so messed up. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I actually slept like a baby, I guess. I'm just being so, like, happy, and finally this all comes together. Um, like, I know we, like, said that the Nuggets would win the championship before the season and stuff, and it's kind of been sitting in everybody's face the entire time that the Nuggets are, like, the best team, but to to... For it to all come to fruition and for it to really play out like how it did, I would not have imagined that we sweep the Western Conference Finals against L.A., which makes it even better. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's unreal, and it's still, like, processing, like, how big this is because, I don't know. Like, like I remember the champions of, you know, the last, like, 10, 15 years, and now that the Nuggets are going to be, you know, in there – and potentially winning a championship is crazy. Like, this is, like, I was so, like, I, I celebrated, like, how when the Avs won, like, I celebrated, like, when they won the Stanley Cup, I celebrated, like, that last night. So, like, I, I've been much more invested in the Nuggets than I have been with the Avs. Like, right. I've, I've been through the journey way more. I feel like you are very, very similar to that. Like, like this means so much to just get to this point. Um, and like, I'm just, I, I'm so, dude, my mic again, why is it? So, it sounds good right now. It sounds a lot better than it did. I don't, I don't hear any issue with it right now, but. I don't know, it keeps like increasing the volume for some reason. I don't oh. know why. Huh. I don't know. I think it sounds fine, but. It sounds fine. Cause it yeah. was like, I felt like it was super overblown. Um, beforehand, yeah, it was, but like, like last, like during the last episode, it was super overblown. Yeah, and like the beginning of this one, but it's it's fine now. This is the way that the settings are. It just looks weird. Huh. I don't know why it's not like. Alright, hold on. You say stuff. I'm gonna try and fix this. Okay. <laughs> um. I get, yeah, like, the journey of, of seeing everything, like, I was in Indonesia, like, I remember, like, 6th grade, you know, 7th grade, 8th grade, all the games would be played when I was at school, like, early morning at school, um, with the time change, and I couldn't really watch anything, but I would have my computer open during class and just watch the box score go by, like, yeah, I remember exactly where I was when Randy Foy hit that buzzer beater over the Clippers, um, like watching that highlight, like early morning during class or seeing that, that box score go by. And then I remember like 
I have one vivid memory of watching like the Nuggets Knicks box score with Carmelo Anthony and his maybe first or second year as a Nick. Um, I remember looking at like Kobe Bryant makes 28 foot three. That was in, in like sixth grade. I know where I was for that, watching that box score go by. But, um, and man, like there was such a rough point with Brian Shaw, uh, just garbage teams. Um, the, the, the post George Carl pre Michael Malone two year little era. Oh my God, bro. Like Axel Tupain. Um, bro, who else? Anthony Randolph. Uh, that that was kind of with George Carl, but um, bro, they're they're Jordan just Hamilton, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean JJ Hickson. Um, they're they're oh my god, there's so many just random players that like stick out into my mind and 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 it, it, like that are just playing overseas now and to have this good of a team now it is crazy because everyone on this team is a legitimate NBA player. Yeah. I mean, even like the last two seasons, Denver's playoff roster was not good. Like their playoff roster did not have playoff players and they didn't have NBA players on it. Like I don't mean any disrespect to, you know, Marcus Howard and Falk Compazzo and Shaq Harrison and, and then with Barton, but like right now those guys aren't playing in the playoffs like yeah technically Shaq Harrison was on the Lakers we didn't play and like I have sneeze okay went away like but like technically those guys are on rosters but Marcus Howard EuroLeague yeah Rosso, EuroLeague Will Barton got brought out after he got traded and there was barely getting minutes on a team that didn't make the playoffs and lost their playing game like these are these are players who Denver was expected to win with and now you look at how the team is reshaped one in part to really really good health another in part to just being better and just being shaped around better with guys like Bruce Brown KCP um, and drafting with Christian Brown and and like just it's just formed so perfectly for them to be at this point and it's just like it's just so surreal like it just like doesn't like I look around the room and I have like Nuggets memorabilia in my room and I'm like I got this at like a game against the Spurs in 2016 yeah and like where there were like 10,000 fans in the stadium and half of them were Spurs fans and then the other 10,000 seats were empty and it was like we looked at the press conference uh, last night like I remember you could hear the ball bouncing and there were no one there was no one there now they sell it out every other night to see like the journey that they got to to this point, it's just ridiculous. Like yeah. it's just insane. It's insane to think that they're actually at this point. I, I think my first Nuggets game that I went to, like, because I, I moved here in the summer of, of twenty fifteen. I'm looking at the roster right now. I, I, like, there's one vivid memory of, of me going to my first Nuggets game. I think it was like Jameer Nelson made like back to back to back threes. Um, and the crowd was like going crazy or whatever, but that that's like Jameer Nelson. <laughs> I mean, he like oh my god, a, a really old Jameer Nelson. I'm looking at at this roster, this fifteen sixteen roster with, um, jeez man, Jakar Sampson, uh, wow. Eric Green. Uh, I mean DJ Augustine. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot DJ Augustine was on this team. Joffrey Laverne, Sean Kilpatrick. I don't even remember. Um, oh, I remember him on the Nets. I didn't know he was a Nugget. 
eight games, I guess. Uh, Mike Miller, uh, Kostas, however you pronounce his last name, Popen- <laughs> Papa Nicolau. Um, dude, there, Eric Green. I, I honestly don't even remember him playing on the Nuggets. He played 43 games. Um, but, yeah, to see this turn into – but, like, this was the core, too, because it, it had Jokic. It had um, – you know, Gary Harris was part of the core and Will Barton. Like, these were the, the building blocks. And to see, like, all these players kind of stay with their team. I, I know, like, Gary Harris and, and Barton left before this year. But, like, still, they were here for a lot of the success. Um, <clears throat> and then drafting Jamal the next year. And then Porter the next year. Um, just beautiful drafting. Yeah, it's it's like exactly what you could have hoped for when you were looking at how to build a championship team through the draft. You did it perfectly. You got culture guys. You got good role players. You got a star. Like you did everything possible to build it properly. And I saw um, before I saw a tweet um, either last night or this morning, and it was about how Denver, like the best case scenario, would be kind of like the the prime Spurs. Yeah. Like, like the dynasty Spurs, where Jokic would be like Tim Duncan, Jamal Murray is like Tony Parker, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris. If you know, health willing, would have been able to stay. They would have been the Kawhi Leonard, Manu Ginobili type of players, and that would have been where you go from. But for them to actually like have a chance of doing that now after being healthy, like you look at how they just absolutely ran through the Western Conference, and you look at the future of the Western Conference. There's nobody who can really like match up with Denver in terms of future success. Like in terms of you know that they're going to have future success. Like Memphis, you don't know what's going to happen. Like you don't know what's going to go on next year with Memphis because of the John Moran situation. You don't know what's going to go on health wise with Zion. You don't know what's going to happen in Golden State. You don't know what's going to happen in LA. Like there's like a couple teams that you know are going to be good. It's like Sacramento and Denver. Like that's it. Those are the only two teams that you're going to be confident going into next year that are going to have a chance at truly, truly competing, which is insane. And, and Phoenix, I guess, for next year. But, yeah. like, outside of those three teams, like, there's not a lot of uh, a competition against Denver. So, like, they could have a, a Spurs run if everything, no, that, goes, right. That's what I'm, everything goes right. And I, I, I genuinely think, like, other than injuries, I don't know how it could really go wrong because, like, everyone in the starting five is – entering their prime like they're in the very beginning of their prime it's like the perfect age jamal 26 Jokic 28 gordon 28 29 porter 24 like all these guys are are in the beginning like 26 gordon's young 26 all right um he's young. i think denver got him when he was 24 i'm pretty sure like he's in his like seventh or eighth season and he's he's only 26 yeah he's, he's 20 he's 27 crazy. um that yeah that's crazy um, I, I thought he was like 29 um yeah so, like, and they have all those players locked up, you know, contract-wise for, I think, like, I don't, I don't even know when the next one is a free agent. Probably at least three years, maybe. Is it Porter or Jokic? I don't know. Um, Murray, maybe, in, in two or three years. But, um, like, I, I don't see how – I am really, like, smelling kind of a dynasty brewing because it's the perfect teammates personality-wise. It's the perfect teammates – on the court wise, um, and, and like 
yeah, as you said, there's there's no really other team like that kind of has the the group that that Denver has. I see like Orlando um, becoming a very good team. They're they're kind of I think like like a yeah. like a you know sixteen seventeen seventeen eighteen Nuggets team on the rise. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like that team, and they got they got some like serious players. Um, I, I love Orlando. Yeah. I absolutely love Orlando. I, their future is so bright. I mean, you can look at Sacramento, I guess, but I, I still don't think there's enough like talent. Um, even if if Fox becomes great, like even better, and Sabonis, I I feel like this is kind of Sabonis' ceiling with his inability to kind of shoot and stuff. But um, yeah, like the Nuggets are, are like the only team in this perfect situation right now, like what Golden State was six years ago. Yeah seven eight years yeah ago. um but anyways i, I think we, we we can get into like the series and 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 game four um how the nuggets kind of swept them I, like for me i obviously going into the series the matchup to look at was Jokic and ad and it wasn't even close um who outperformed that Jokic completely um outperformed AD, I think Jokic uh, had fifty three percent shot. Shot fifty three percent against Davis. Davis shot forty seven percent against Jokic. Uh, Jokic had like double the possessions because AD couldn't guard Jokic, and they had to take him off him. Um, like, and just the difference. I, I mean, AD's defense. I didn't notice it. AD's offense. The thing about AD's points that I've kind of noticed, I guess, is like. They're very quiet. The the forty point game he had game one, I don't know, felt like maybe twenty eight. The 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 twenty eight and eighteen game he had game three. I would if, if you had get, told me how many points he scored, I would have guessed oh maybe seventeen. And then last game, he, I guess he had what twenty something points. It felt like he had like ten. Even if that, like they showed his stat line at the end of Game Three, and I was like, he had twenty eight and eighteen. Like that's a, that's a ridiculously good stat line, and I didn't, I didn't notice him out there at all. No, it was ridiculous. The 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 way he like scores his points is just so unimpactful. First off, he he's not going to make any threes. Basically, he gets all his points at the free throw line. It's not any of these like momentum swinging kind of big mm-hmm. baskets. They're more just like just random like fouls that just and he doesn't go on like a big 8-0 personal run it's just like he'll he'll score like six points a quarter and boom there you go 24 points um I, so yeah i don't know yeah his 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 series was so weird because like he obviously had to put so much effort in defensively because like he was guarding Jokic a majority of the time even though it did switch off of him like he still was on Jokic one-on-one for a decent portion of the series. Like, he had to put in so much effort. Like, he had to try more defensively than he did offensively, I think, which, one, sucks for the Lakers because they need him. They needed him to be great offensively in the series if they wanted to have a chance. And, two, it's great for Nuggets because it just takes him completely out of the game offensively. Like, he was gassed at the end of every single game. He had no legs. He couldn't it, get up the court. Which makes, like, no sense looking at him. He's, like, the oldest 30-year-old I've ever seen, or 29-year-old, whatever yeah. he is. Yeah. I, I really think that if the Lakers, in this offseason, like, they have a ton of decisions to make. Like, what are you going to do with Hachimura? What are you going to do with Reeves? What are you going to do with Dila? But I think one of the more glaring things is you've got to go for another center, because you have to 
Andre Davis in the playoffs won't be able to hold up playing the five. Like, just throughout this stretch, it's very clear that he, you know, like, he can do it, and he'll play good, and he'll play well. Like, I don't know, he didn't play bad in this series. It's like, he was still very impactful, and he still was an incredible defender. But, like, Andrew Davis as a power forward, plays more primitive, he plays a lot more aroma way on, def- on defense. Like, he just has more of an impact playing the four. And with Russell Westbrook, he was forced to play the five. And I think now they kind of know the direction of what to do with that. So if they go get another center, I think he'll, we'll start to see where we saw, you know, the previous years that he was in the playoffs when he was yeah. performing at an all-time high level. But this year, he playing the five, going up against Jokic, going up against uh, Draymond, and having to be so involved defensively, it was, it was not a good look. It was not a good look at all. Absolutely not. And, like, I don't know if, it, if it's necessarily, like, I, I guess it's a hot take, but I don't see why, like, they would just, like, run it back like this. Like, I feel like now is, is like, kind of the time. Like, this team is on the verge of blowing it up. And I think that's what they should do. I think they should trade Anthony Davis for younger players. Because, first off, all right, if you trade for Kyrie, you're not winning anything. First, he's Kyrie Irving. Nobody likes him. And he's not a winning, winning basketball player. And you're not beating the Nuggets for the next four or five years. And LeBron will be retired by then. If, if he might even be retired by next year. Um, yeah. Anthony Davis is not getting younger. He's getting much older. And every year really seems like it's like adding three years onto his body. He's going to get more hurt. You know, it's just what it is with AD. He always gets hurt. And then outside of that, like you said, Reeves, they're going to have to do a lot to try to bring him back. And he's really their only young player that's, like, decent. Yeah. I mean, Rui um, is a good player, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, it's not like he's... You can't build around him. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he's going to be, like, an all-NBA player, I don't think. But um, So, I mean, now I, I think this is the highest value you're going to get out of Anthony Davis for the rest of his career. Right now, you're not going to trade in two years or whatever. You know he's going to be much older. Yeah. Right now is his is his top value. You know, 2020 after the bubble was probably the the best best value, um, but right now is like second best. And I, I feel like he just got to he's just not good enough. He's just not like he. People say when healthy, when healthy, he's a top five player. He's he's not. He can't shoot. Yeah. His post game has has fallen all the way down. I'm pretty sure since joining the Lakers, all of his jump shooting, they've been like 11th percentile, 12th percentile. I think maybe got 23rd percentile this year um, of jump shooting, which is which is awful. So he can't do that. Yeah. You know his defense is spectacular, but again, you're not beating Jokic for the next however many years. Um, he doesn't pass, obviously. Uh, he's a Pretty, he's a great defensive rebounder. He's a decent offensive rebounder. But, like, outside of that, he just he scores his points just off of, like, either LeBron setting, in, setting him up or he falls down after he misses a layup and he gets the foul call. And, like, so I, I don't have any, yeah. like, respect, I don't think, for Anthony Davis, especially after 2020 in the bubble and then after this playoffs. And, like, one of the softest, like, on-court players. Um yeah. And again, he's not going to be a number one. Didn't work at all in New Orleans. Probably like what he won like one playoff game with New Orleans, maybe, um, or, or one playoff series or something. 
and yeah, that was they, with they won that series against Portland. And yeah, that was it, and that was because of Drew Holiday like clamping uh, <clears throat> Damian. So. Yeah, yeah, dude, I, I think you, you trade Anthony Davis. Not a I, I agree with you on that. Like, if if LA is going to blow it up, I think now has to be the time. But I don't think they will because I know like, they they LeBron, won't. At his age, like right. at his age, he still played so well. You have to capitalize on it. He's not going to retire. Like, he, he's he's going to get a farewell tour one because that's the type of person he is. Like, that's not an insult. Like, he's he's deserving of one because he's LeBron James. He's going to get a farewell tour, and two, like it's just. This is to me. It looks like it's a negotiating tactic to the Lakers. Like, hey, I'm willing to sit a year out unless you guys go get somebody, which is likely Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, it's Anthony Davis is such a like he gets like you said he gets so many of his points off of assists. He doesn't have a lot of ISO buckets unless he has a mismatch, um, and he has never been able to be a number one. In his career, whenever he's been a number one, they've made the playoffs twice as an eight seed and a six seed. He's won one playoff series. He's won, I think, four total games as a number one in the playoffs. Like he, he's it's just not in his nature. It's not who he is. Which is like fine, like that's okay. But to say that he's a top five player, to say that he's on par with Giannis and Jokic, is just not true. Like it, it's not true. And I, I like to me, it's, it's been apparent since the bubble. Like he had a great bubble run, but through that. He hasn't gotten anything close to that level. Like anything close, yeah. he's been injured. His jumper completely like, like you said, he can't shoot a jumper. But in bubble, he was ridiculous. He shot fifty five percent on long twos and thirty eight percent from three. And every single year since then, he's been at like thirty percent on long twos and yeah. like twenty six percent from three or something ridiculous. Like that run from the bubble was such a ridiculous anomaly for him. Right, shooting the ball. And you need to be able to do that as a number one option in the NBA. You just have to. I, I will. If you can't get back that. I will. I will give him credit for the first two series. He was definitely the best player on the Lakers, and honestly, like yeah. a top. Yeah. You know, people are saying he was like, you know, it was Booker, Jokic, Butler, and AD had, had the best uh, first two rounds. Um, I agree. But you know, that's against Memphis. No Stephen Adams against the Golden State. Their tallest player is like six eight. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. And then he finally goes up against, I wouldn't say a real big, because Jokic is, like, so much better than a real big man. But, like, you know. Jackson's a real big. Like, he's, like, yeah. last time of the show, he's a real big. And he dominated that series. But, like, right. a superstar big. Yeah, yeah. Would, would, I guess, be the way to put it. Yeah. Um, and he just completely disappeared. I mean, his 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 defensive strength isn't like one on one defense. Um, it's what he does weak side or help side, like coming over and swatting the shots away, which is why Jokic. Why I thought going into this series, like people are saying, oh, AD, you know, is the guy you want to pick against Jokic, which I guess like he is, but um, his one on one defense is, did not hold up against Jokic, and I don't think really holds up against, you know, really talented big men. Um, no. 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 Can I talk about the Lakers? Yeah, I know, right? Where are the Nuggets? We're, we're, the, we're the ones talking about the Lakers now after, like, criticizing the media. <laughs> <laughs> the Nuggets, so, this game four, to me, this entire playoff run has been about Denver, like, fixing the mistakes from their previous rounds. So, in round one, Denver, they go up 3-0. And in game four against Minnesota, they had a chance to win it in the third quarter. They go up nine. 
Minnesota calls a timeout. Out of that timeout, Nuggets come out lackadaisical. They were sleepwalking through the entire game, and Minnesota comes out, and it has to go to overtime, and Minnesota wins, and then you have to go through a grueling game five, like a hard-fought game five to win that series. Then in game, in the second round against Phoenix, they, you know, are down 15 in game three against Phoenix. They come back, they take the lead, but they're not able to close the game out. They lose. Game four, same stuff. They're down, they come back. It's a close game all around. They're not able to close it out. Game five and six, they do close it out. They come out better. They play better defense. Game six, they close it out on the road because they know we got to do it now. This series was like kind of the same thing as both of those combined. In game three, it was very similar to, I thought, how um, some of the Phoenix series went, or how the, some of the Minnesota series went. Like, they did not let the Lakers get fully back into the game. Like, yeah, they took the lead every once in a while, but they didn't let them take control of the game. And the fourth quarter, Jokic took over in game three. But in game four, I thought it was a common copy of game three against Phoenix. Like, they go down big at halftime, but coming out of the third quarter, they come out huge. They outscore the Lakers by 20. The same thing that happened against Phoenix, but they didn't close the quarter right. They still go down in the fourth quarter down, and Phoenix ends up winning. But this game, like, they took the lead, that KCP and one layup. Yeah. I don't think Denver gave up the lead after. Like, they got tied, but they never gave up the lead. Yeah. And, like, that was them, like, just learning from their mistakes, knowing, like, hey, we have to close it out now. Because they knew we lose this one, we got to go back to Denver, and it's going to be so hard to close it out because it's just that's just how close our games are. Like this was just such a perfect way to end it, and like I I was oh I was sweating bullets like that was so hard to like stay calm. I don't I don't know how the players do it. Yeah, like, it's just no. ridiculous. I and, crumble under the pressure every time. Yeah, and like that that late game. I'm so confident in the Nuggets now. They've always been a good clutch team with Jokic throughout his career. Um, and now when you have, you have Murray and, and this two-man game that just seems – that it's just deadly and really unguardable because you can run so many actions with those two and they know each other so well um, that in the clutch when you need a bucket, you go to that two-man game every single time and it'll carry you – home I think um and so to have a luxury like that to have both of your stars be able to play with each other you know hello Jason Tatum Jalen Brown you know hello Kyrie Irving Luka Doncic Devin Booker KD they don't run plays for each other um but Jokic and Murray do and when you have two studs running an action between both of them it's unguardable. It's Curry, Draymond, Curry, Clay, uh, you know, like those, those Shaq, Kobe, those dynamic duos that work together. Duncan Robinson, like th- those are the best you're, you're gonna get, and like it's just so hard to stop. <laughs> I thought you were just saying Duncan, like the name Duncan Robinson, like on the oh, show. Like, what? <laughs> Tim, <laughs> like, oh. My bad. <laughs> I forgot that's like an actual name. <laughs> Tim Duncan, David Robinson. But yeah, so I, I think that's a super like underrated thing is to have yeah a duo that yeah, can. I, like, that, that's why they're the best duo in the league. Yeah. Because they can do stuff together. Like, Jay Reddick said it before too. Like, he was like, 
and it, it was very apparent against Miami with Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. Like they they can work together, they can play together, but they can't play with each other. Like they can't play off of each other. They can't play together. Um, Denver can't. Murray and Jokic can. Murray and Gordon can. Jokic and Gordon can. Jokic and Pleasant can. Pleasant Murray can. Like all of their top four guys can run sets with each other with either person ball handling, either person scoring, either person playmaking. They can do all of that together. And that's just such an underrated aspect that they have. Like it's it's so like at watching other teams play, like you don't really realize how lucky Denver is to have that until oh, yeah. you watch other teams play. Yeah. Like it, it's not just necessarily like big man and guard. Like yeah, that's that's how the prototype works and Denver's lucky that they have that. Like LeBron and A D they have that they can run plays for each other, but it doesn't go both ways. It's just LeBron to A D. It's not A D to LeBron. Right, right. So that the fact that they put like they're both in the top five of assists to each other in both ways. Because every single year they're healthy, they're both assisting each other just as much as the other assist them. Yeah. And it's it's such a it's such a great dynamic. Like it is it is truly Shaq and Kobe esque, like Malone Stockton esque yeah, in terms go. of how they work together. And then to have Porter and KCP, two of the best shooters in the NBA, like out on out on the wings, and then Aaron Gordon in that perfect dunker spot and offensive rebounder st- spot. Um, it, it just complements each other so perfectly, and, and they had a hundred and twenty three offensive rating in this series. Um, one eighteen in the first series, one twenty one in the second series. So they keep improving. And the Lakers were the best defense of, of any remaining playoff team. Um, and to do that against them, like, man, I I don't know who can I, – I, I mean, there's no team. Yeah. I don't think that – I think the Nuggets are going to win the championship. And, like, um, yeah. like I, I, nothing, nothing about Miami, like their run right now, makes any sense. Like, they yeah. are, they're not – this is not the same team that was playing in the regular season. But they're shooting way better, they're defending, but like they're doing everything at a higher clip than they were in the regular season. It doesn't make any sense. So like you have to take those matchups with a with a grain of salt. But just looking at it at face value, Miami cannot guard Jokic. Like that that is the thing. Like Coach Spolstra is incredible. He is phenomenal. He's the best coach in the league right now. But I don't know how you can scheme Jokic. If Anthony Davis was the Romer could not stop right. Jokic. Right. Bam out of bio is not good, but he doesn't have the size to be that effective as a roamer. They don't have the size to put on Jokic to make out of bio the roamer, and Bam's too small to guard him in the yeah. post. Like, I just, it just looking at it, it doesn't make sense how they're going to be able to stop him. Um, right. If I was Miami, I would just double every time, like, make him a passer. You cannot let him go one on one against Bam. But, like, with the way that Jamal Murray's playing, you double him. If you rotate, you can't rotate off of him, you can't let Jokic be open. You double off of Gordon, someone else is going to cut. He's wide open. You don't have the size to help off of him. Gordon's going to be open in the corner. He's shooting great from three in the playoffs. KCP's been one of the best role players in the NBA. Like, how do you guard that offense if you're Miami? I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I yeah. don't understand how they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, Adebayo's like defensive value, I think, comes on the perimeter with his like switchability. Um, so, I mean, that could be a factor in this series, I guess, if Bam is on Jamal, that's not like a guaranteed bucket. Like Jamal did cook AD a little bit on the switches. Um, but I think Bam will play better perimeter defense. 
and then like their zone that they run um it, they'll go like like first quarter they'll run man second quarter zone and then man in the zone um like to just switch it up a lot but Jokic is the best zone breaking player in yeah. NBA history. <laughs> I mean, you put yeah. you put him in the middle of the court against a zone because you know that's always where you want to get the ball to is like the nail mm-hmm. of the zone, and to have him the b- best playmaker ever dishing dishing it out. I mean, that's just yeah, you can't guard that. See, he, likes, zone. he likes being at the nail against man against single coverage. Yeah. that's yeah. his spot regardless. To do that against his zone, like. Like I said, I don't know how you guard that. Like, yeah, the key the best zone buster, right? Possible. The key will just be getting it to him. Like, I feel like Miami's got to try to deny it so much when mm-hmm. when when he comes up on the nail and try to deny that pass. But um, I don't know. I mean, they'll they'll throw some some crazy stuff because Spolstra, like, because I remember him saying, you know, in the regular season stuff, he still has no answer for Jokic. But once he gets like a week off. And thinks about it. He'll definitely throw some some crazy coverages out there. But I think Jokic is, uh, you know, just too good of a player, and he'll be he'll be ready for it. So um, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 like I'm excited. Like nine days without Boston <laughs> the Nuggets is going to be annoying. I know. And if Boston doesn't extend the series tonight, it's going to be nine days without basketball or <laughs> without NBA basketball in general, which is even more annoying. Um, but yeah, I just like. And I think Denver defensively they match up pretty good against Miami too. Like, right. Yeah. They don't like they're like that's an underrated part about Denver. They're huge. Their starting lineup is huge. You have three guys who are six nine and taller. Like they rebound everything. Michael Porter Jr. was phenomenal rebounding the basketball, and he averaged nine rebounds, also three assists. Just <laughs> my God. Um, like he has, he has evolved so perfectly into the the third star, not not star, but the third fiddle um, with Denver. And like, you look at who's going to guard Jimmy Butler. Aaron Gordon, he, I don't know if he'll be quick enough to guard Jimmy Butler. But then you have KCP, who I actually think would be a better matchup on on Jimmy because of his quickness, because of his hands, um, because of the fact that he doesn't necessarily get in the foul trouble that often. And Jimmy Butler is one of the best foul drawers in the NBA. So, like, I feel like KCP might be a better matchup, but you have versatility there. You have Bruce Brown you can throw on him. You have Christian Brown you can throw on him. Like, you have other guys aside from Aaron Gordon. Like, in this series against the Lakers, it was Aaron Gordon. That was the only guy that had a chance physically to match up with him. But now you have other players who can match up against Jimmy. And... Like I, it's just it's just gonna come down to if Miami is gonna shoot like this again. Like, and I feel like a Lakers fan thinks like, oh, they're not gonna shoot like that again. Okay, well, they have the three series; they've shot like this, so you have to expect that they're gonna shoot something like yeah. that. But like, but it's, I, it's gonna be tough. It, this yeah. is this isn't gonna be an easy series, like at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrified of what's bullshit is gonna gonna cook up. <laughs> I I agree. I, I think like um, Murray could be due for for a big series again because um you know he doesn't have to face Nikhil Alexander Walker, Josh Akogi, Dennis Schroeder, Jared Vanderbilt. Like the Heat don't really unless they put Jimmy Butler on him, they don't have that like long pesky defender that can try to bother Murray even though he hasn't been bothered at all. Like Murray again I'll be honest, I don't know how Gabe Vincent's defense is at all, but he's like six one and doesn't yeah. doesn't seem it's a little bit it'll be it'll be part of Mark. I'm like that. That's what it's gonna be. Okay. Like, it, it was just watching the the 
previous games, which is well, you have to take those with a grain of salt. Right, Miami is just a different team, but two, like the location Denver was playing those games is hilarious. Like Bones yeah. was playing a ton of minutes in those season. And Bones was a big part of the reason they won that first game. And Flacco started one of the games, and he came off the bench and had 15 points in the other. Like it, it was weird, but. Caleb Martin was the guy on Murray, at least in the first game. Okay. And I would play Jimmy off the ball. Um, I know Kyle Lowry has played amazing defense. Um, he's got, yeah. like, the most blocks on their team in the playoffs, and he takes those charges, and and he just gets up into you and stuff. So he's annoying. But he do, he comes off the bench, so I don't know how much they'll really be. Murray and Lowry will be matched up with each other until maybe the end of the game where if Lowry's playing well, they, they'll just ride with him to the end. Um but I don't know. I'm 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 feeling pretty confident, very confident yeah. with the series. Um, like, Miami's strength. Hold on. Do you want to just like restart? Yeah. Because yeah. it's only a minute. Yeah. Just start anyone? Okay. Okay. Recording stopped. Okay. Well, I'll send the link in a minute. All right. All right, we're back. So, like, Miami's strength really comes from their their wing defense, even with their weak depth, and then their team defense off of that as a whole. Um, so that could be an issue for Denver, but, I like, they're not a big team regardless. Like, Cody Zeller's their biggest guy, and he's not going to be able to really make too much of an impact on Jokic or on with the bench lineup. He's not, like, a truly physical player. Uh, he's a good player, and he's a good backup center, but he's, I don't think he's going to have, like, an impact that, like, kind of Jock Landale had or how Rui Hachimura had in terms of size and ability like that. So, like, to me, that's just... I just don't... I don't see how they're going to be able to stop them because they. I don't think they have the size. Like, the one thing that bothers Murray and Jokic and the offensive general is size and length, and... Like they're they're smart and they have length, but it's not a ton. Like it's not crazy. Like Westbrook right. never plays Toronto. They're in hell because every single player has like a nine foot wingspan. Whenever they play Brooklyn, it's hard because a lot of their players are super long. Miami doesn't have a bunch of long players. Like they play really small. Um, it's just so like it'll be very very interesting. Like they're gonna have to rely on just being the smarter team and just not making mistakes. If Denver's gonna capitalize on every single one of them yeah and, and they need to shoot the lights out again um yeah. i think if they want to have a chance like obviously if they keep up the shooting percentage 19 for 35 from three in game three then like yeah that's gonna be really hard to beat but um you know like i, I don't think they're at 54 percent from three for the entire series but um they got some guys like vincent can definitely shoot obviously duncan robinson <laughs> Um, can shoot uh, Cody Martin all of a sudden like yeah, he can shoot especially especially from the corner um, so you got to watch out for that um, but like yeah, these guys aren't really yeah other than other than Cody Martin like the guys with the Lakers like Rui could drive off of that if he got the if he got the ball on the on the baseline he could pump fake and drive like Duncan Robinson can't really do that Gabe Vincent is kind of too small to be going into the paint. Uh, Max Struess doesn't really put the ball on the floor like that. Um, so you just got to be connected with them going around screens. Like, be be really in their grill because they're not going to be able to 
break you down like Rui or like Schroeder or like Reeves um, and, and get mm-hmm. to the rim and get to the mid-range. Um, so yeah. just just stay attached, fight through those screens. I, like, I, I know you said KCP on Butler would be a good matchup, which I think it will, but I, I think it might be more needed for KCP to be on Struess to be able to go through the screens and stuff because I, I, I like... Oh, maybe. Aaron Gordon on Struess or, I mean, I guess Kevin Love is out there. But, like, Porter or Gordon fighting through those screens um, yeah, I, I think sure. could be tough. So I'd rather have KCP flying around. Um, so, yeah, but I don't know. Well, that, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. That, that is a good point. I'm sure that's probably what Denver will do. Like, I'm sure Denver's primary matchup regardless would have been Gordon on, on Butler. Gordon's been incredible defensively yeah. the entire season especially in the playoffs um so i i I was just saying like gordon tends to be able to get tends to get into foul trouble a decent amount true jimmy butler draws fouls so much on aggressive defenders he's very very good at it and he's not like a he's not like a grifter he doesn't flop he like will try to score and then if there's contact he'll exaggerate he won't try to go for contact and exaggerate after um which i think that that does not play well for denver uh, especially if they want to play physical in the series, which they're going to have to. But um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Like it's it's going to be really really hard. They had like that was a really weird part about Miami's regular season is that they do have good shooters. Like yeah, all the guys that underperform are good. Like Duncan Robinson shot like 33 percent from three. Like you know, I know he has underperformed since he signed the contract, but nothing about him has said that he's a 33 percent three point shooter over the course of a full season. Like, Gabe Vincent was, like, 35%. Like, he's better than 35%. Max Struess was under 40%. He's a 40%er. Like, all of these guys underperformed all at the same time, and they all at once turned it up. And I think um, Jimmy's better than, like, a 31% shooter or whatever he is yeah, in the regular like, season. He just, like, stopped shooting threes. Yeah, I know. The entire regular season. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it was so weird. I mean, he's, even he's shooting them in the playoffs, yeah. and he's making them a, a lot more. So it'll, it'll be so interesting to see because I think Denver, Denver's the biggest team that they've played, like, in terms of actually being able to use their size properly. Like, I know Boston went to that big lineup for the first couple of games, but it didn't work because, well, excuse me, because um, Robert Williams wasn't really that much of an offensive threat. He was a vertical threat, but he wasn't, um, like, a floor spacer. And I think defensively, he, you could take advantage of him by putting him on the perimeter. I don't think you can, you can't do that with any of Denver's bigger guys except Jokic, but he's going to be in the paint the entire time anyway. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be so, it's going to be really, really interesting to see uh, how Denver's size matches up with them. Cause like, I, I really do think Denver could take advantage of it. Like, Brad isn't a small guy at all. Like, he's still a big guy. He, he also draws a ton of charges, especially since he's been in a Miami uniform. He draws charges a lot. So that'll be a matchup to watch on on Aaron Gordon because he yeah. is very very aggressive in the post. If he tries to post up Kevin Love, he's going to get offensive foul every single time. Uh, so that'll be that'll be something to watch. But yeah, I, this this has to be a Jokic like Jokic has to dominate this series. If he doesn't, something's wrong. Like he's missing a lot of shots. I think this could potentially be a big Michael Porter Jr. series. They're going to force him to put the ball on the deck, but you know he has been able to do that so far in the playoffs like he hasn't really i mean he hasn't turned the ball over at all essentially uh in the playoffs 
So I, I'm confident with him putting the ball on deck and just rising up over smaller guys yeah. for mid-range jumpers. Uh, Jamal is going to have to be able to to not make mistakes off the ball defensively. Like, there's so many different things that go into it. But I think Denver, the, like once again, like I I say this, Denver's talent gap should be able to win them the win them the series. But Boston's talent gap should have been able to do that. Milwaukee's talent gap should have been able to do that. So I just I don't know what to do about that. Like I don't know how to analyze that team. They just make no sense. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. I, I they're definitely believing. Jimmy Baller has them believing. They're all very confident right now in shooting the ball, which like mm-hmm. you know, confidence is pretty much everything. Uh, when you're a good shooter, so like yeah, I mean I but man, I I think Denver is just so much better than like Giannis, like, come on, bro. Giannis is just so brutal in the fourth quarter. He cannot score. And to have Jokic there, and then obviously Boston, man. Um, And I I realize they're talented. That's that's like the big thing. Yeah. All the teams they've played are bad in the clutch. Like, they're bad clutch teams. Denver's been the best clutch team in the league, and Miami has been the second best clutch team. So expect a lot of close games. Yeah. Keep going. Um, I mean, just. If you want to talk about Boston a little bit, I mean Joe Missoula, man, he, he terrible. And none of the players, none of the players like believe in Missoula at all. He's lost all confidence in him, and it, it kind of stinks that he, he for the Celtics that he signed a, a contract extension because I feel like he should be. I mean, I, I listen to his post game interviews, and it's like, man, he he pisses me off because other than yes, other than. Yeah, two days ago when they lost game three, he actually took accountability that time. But other than that, oh, my God, he attacks the reporters. If the reporters ever critique him, he attacks them. He'll always, he always cuts yeah. off reporters during middle of questions. Um, he'll blame everyone else except for him. And he's just not – the way he talks, I, I don't like it. It's very, like, condescending or whatever and, and doesn't – I would not want to play for that guy um, because he yeah. just doesn't it's, seem like a cool like, person. I think- I don't know what the rules were because they didn't technically fire Yudoka until, like... Yeah. I don't even think they ever did fire him. I just think they, like, quietly let him walk away from the team and suspended him. So, like, I don't know if they could have hired another outside coach mm. or, like, coached someone from another team. Because they, like, it seemed like they immediately just were like, okay, if you don't get suspended, it's going to be Missoula as the guy. No. They probably so had I don't a... I know what the rules were. Yeah. I, I don't know how the whole Will Hardy thing went down. When he signed with Utah compared to when Missoula got hired, um, yeah. but if Brad Stevens had a choice between Missoula and uh, whatever his name is, the guy that I just said, um, Will Hardy, um, like he he messed it up because Will Will Hardy is definitely a serious coach. Joe Missoula is not serious. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, it, because like, I, I feel like Will Hardy would like take a head coaching position at Boston if you offered it to him. So it feels like they chose yeah. Missoula. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know when it, like Will Hardy could have signed his deal with Utah and then like, you know, a month later it could have, they could have died. I don't remember the yeah. timeline of everything. Um, I do remember that the Udoka stuff happened pretty late. Right into right. the off season, like it was close to training camp at that point. Uh, might have even been in training camp. I don't. I don't remember. But like, if they, if they had a choice between Hardy and Missoula, and they chose Missoula, that's a big. That's a big mistake. But like, I, 
I don't know if they could have gone and got someone from another team because they should have. Like, Joe Mazzullo was, like, the third or fourth assistant. Like, they lost a decent... Like, they lost Udenka, yeah. they lost Hardy, and they lost Damon Stoudemire. They lost a ton of people in that offseason, and they were forced to take Mazzullo as the guy. So, it, I just, like... That, that's in a tough position to be in. Like, I don't know... Yeah, that's true. Like, he did sign a contract extension. I don't know how all of it works. Right. Like, I don't know if you could demote him back to an assistant and then go sign somebody else. I He probably won't want to take that. He's like, I just... Some year I led the team in the conference finals. What do you right. mean? Which, like, that's a fair statement from him. But, man, he, he, he doesn't look ready. Like, he doesn't look ready. He doesn't no, look like he has a respect of anybody in the locker room. Yeah, that's why I guess I need to chill out a little bit, like... I'm kind of bashing Missoula a lot, um, but he's just clearly not ready. He's only 30 years old, 34 years old. Um, and as you said, being like the fourth or fifth assistant, there's no way he was preparing to be a head coach like up until that Udoka stuff happened. So um, I guess for him, I mean, they had a very successful regular season, um, except for some stretches, but overall great. And, and like really, like I bet Celtics fans kind of knew that Missoula was like, not very good, but I think for for everyone else who's not really a Celtics fan, just an NBA fan, like Missoula, his his, his choking and stuff, like and and, and him re- being like consensually like a bad coach, um, kind of just started in the playoffs. Like I, I I didn't really notice it in the regular season. Maybe towards the end of the regular season, I'm starting to remember stuff about how like he would just always run the same play for Tatum at the end of games or something, and then it it, it like wasn't working. I don't know, but. He was definitely getting critiqued. Yeah, also, I don't know if you remember this, but like at the very beginning of the season, his like Quizlet, like oh, yeah. got yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he was a Quizlet for every NBA player. Um, yeah, but I, I kind of want to get into, I guess, for, for just like the rest of this, we've been going for fifty minutes. Like this is my favorite part. I want to get into the media, but I want to like just break down everything with the Nuggets. What happened? Because this win against LA felt like a win against LA, and it felt like a win against the media. Because, oh my goodness, man! And and they're still going. I, I was watching. I don't, I actually I don't know why I watch these things, even though I, I just like hate on them. But like Colin Coward was on my TV in the morning, and what what is the first thing he talks about? Kyrie Irving to LA. That's the first thing he talks about. The LA's off season, and he just rambles on about that. And then I watched Skip and Shannon. Their breakdown of the Nuggets game, I think it's a 23-minute video on YouTube. I would say 19 of those minutes are them talking about L.A. Because this, this is how it kind of goes. Like now I'm noticing they'll be like, you know, the Nuggets are a great team. Jokic is an all-time great. Murray's great. Uh, Porter's great. AG's great. That's it. And then they're done with the Nuggets. They're like, boom. There, there's a the respect. I called you a good team. I didn't say oh, why you were a good team. They have to mention Jeff Green because that's the best oh, player. Yeah, they'll mention Jeff Green because he was a LeBron teammate. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like, and that's all they'll say about Denver. They won't say like why they're good. They won't talk about really the Jokic Murray two man game. Like all, all the questions, all the headlines or whatever is about like, how, how does this affect LeBron's legacy? How, how come the Lakers couldn't do this and that when really the questions could be just like, where does the Murray Jokic duo rank? Like talk about like, that's such an easy nuggets question to just yeah. throw out there. And yet they just pick down these, 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 like, Laker questions. It's just garbage. I'll never respect Kendrick Perkins. I'm so glad that I, – I mean, really, like, I, people are saying, you know, 
how are the Nuggets underdogs? Why do they keep saying they're underdogs when they're a one seed or whatever? But first of all, 14 out of 16 ESPN panels picked the Suns in that series. The Timberwolves, it was like a 50, 55%, 45% Nuggets sway yeah. when really it should be like 80, 20, 90, 10. Um, and then this Lakers series, oh my God, dude. Like the, the moral victory game one, the moral victory game two. Um, finally, like the Nuggets shut him up. But, but everything that like – because I saw Michael Malone – say that he thinks the Kendrick Perkins stuff got to Jokic, which, like, really pisses me off. I mean, Kendrick Perkins, yeah. like, it, it, just not, a, like, where that stat padding thing came from and then bringing race into all of it, I mean, come on, bro. Like, that's literally, like, and to be so wrong and to be so baseless and to be so, like, egregiously disrespectful to Jokic... I'll never respect Kendrick Perkins. If, if I get an internship or whatever and Kendrick Perkins is my boss, it's like, bro, like, I, I don't, like, care, like, what you say to me, bro, because I, I will never take back what he said about Jokic. It, it, it's just nasty, and to see him lose, and then to see him talk about, like, the Nuggets and how good of a team they are and all this stuff, and now Jokic is the best player in the world. Like, dude, shut up, bro, because... You were just talking about how Jokic is stat padding, and now here he is dropping triple doubles in the playoffs, the same stat lines he would have in the regular season. Um, yeah, I, I really hate Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. Nick Wright is another one. You know, kick him to the curb. Skip Bayless is just unlistenable, too, at this point. Um, man, Shannon Sharp is a Lakers fan. It was so apparent that. The, the media was, like, not happy that Denver won. Oh, like, yeah. it was it was apparent in the announcers' voices. It was apparent in the halftime crew and in their assessment. Like, they were not, like, in a good mood talking about the Nuggets. And it was, like, like Mike Green was doing the best to stay impartial, which good. He's, you know, one of the best announcers of all time. He, he, he was right. doing fine. But Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy, like, they had no enthusiasm in talking about the Nuggets. And anytime anything with the Lakers happened, you could hear their voices just broke up. You could hear them start talking more about the Lakers. Yeah. It's just like even even today, it was on a it was on first take. Um it was like JJ J Lake was saying like he was saying exactly what we said in in the previous episode. I'm like, dude, this is the NFL media and the NBA media yeah, whatever. Go on. Yeah. He was saying like they they didn't market the spur they market certain players and there's four hundred and fifty and there's 30 teams and there's other people we can talk about regardless of Lakers and then for like five minutes later they'll bring Brian Windhorst and Windhorst is like sweep I've ever seen this team I think I've ever seen in my life and I'm just like like this Dude. is what they're talking about you can't say I'm Michael, Michael why are you why are you saying that you guys are talking about you talking about self-awareness is hilarious especially with especially with brian winhorse man i mean you talk about like a joke like that guy has built a career just because he was covering lebron in high school and that's his entire like resume and and michael wilbon's entire resume is that he covered jordan like boom you just happen to be the same age as jordan nice um so like there's there's definitely a list like there's a list of guys that are like nick wright Kendrick Perkins, Brian Windhorse. Um, there's this brother from another podcast, I think, 
and, and one of the guys on there is an absolute hater. Keyshawn Johnson, Max Kellerman, I don't like. Uh, he's just like a dork, and he's, I, don't, I don't like him at all. But um, I, I don't know who else, but Stephen A. Smith, he's a joke, of course. Um, but Brian Windhorst, man, he, he, oh my God, he's talking about all this, this respect stuff. He's like, how are the Nuggets disrespected when Jamal Murray has a max contract? That is not just because the Nuggets front office respects Jamal Murray. That does not mean he's respected in the – like what does that have anything to do with anything? Um, and then, and then he says this, he, he says this, why all, all this disrespect talk about Jamal Murray, how about respect Austin Reeves? I'm like, oh, I, I basically just like, I, I turned it off. I, I'm walking away. I'm like, Austin Reeves, I, like <laughs> Bleacher Report posted this thing about how Austin Reeves turned into a meme. Like, bro, Austin Reeves gets posted for the, the, the. The weirdest, like, stuff. Same as Caruso. He gets the white Laker treatment. You know, a- anything that happens with, with Austin Reeves, they post. And then, so th- first of all, there you go. There's the respect. And he's down 0-3. So, like, why are you focusing on Austin Reeves? And he's averaging, like, 22. And Murray's averaging 35 on, on 50-40-90. Like, that, that's, why are we talking about Austin Reeves, dude? The only person bringing Austin Reeves into this is you, and for no reason. It's because you're a Laker fanboy, and, like, all these guys are, are Laker fanboys. Shannon Sharp, I actually, like, respect Shannon Sharp because, I don't know, but whatever. He's a Laker He's a Laker guy anyways, too, but... Um, he's a LeBron guy. He's not a Laker. He's a yeah, LeBron yeah. guy. Uh, I he, should say LeBron guy. <laughs> Windhorse is a LeBron guy. Um, yeah. I mean, Michael Wilbon is absolutely terrible. Uh, Jalen Rose, not a pleasure... Ken, uh, uh, Richard Jefferson, eh, you know, whatever. He'll have some decent takes, but then he's also kind of dorky and, and like, I don't know. He'll talk about the the Lakers a ton, too, and it's like, bro, like, J.J. <laughs> Reddick, um, the host of the Brother with a Mother podcast, that guy's actually good, but the guy he brought on, who I looked at his yeah, Twitter page, yeah, and yeah. he's, like, a lawyer, like, in D.C., that like, a politics guy. I'm like, what? why is this guy talking about basketball? Um, but Jay Williams, shout-out to him. He actually knows basketball. Uh, but, yeah, Keyshawn Johnson, man, absolutely. You see, Keyshawn Johnson said that his hate on Jokic was a bit. Wait, like, it, no, yeah, it's not. It's not. This is back-to-back. Exactly. You're just – like oh my god, it's ridiculous. And like uh, Dave McMenamin, I think oh, that's his name. He's, he's talk about he's another Lakers, Lakers fanboy. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, all the other players like, we're going to the finals and lose to Denver. Like, dude, like what? Yeah, they're one seed playing seven seed. Yes, it's possible they might lose to Denver. What? The way that are they you, just like, you, like man, please. There's like an attitude like in their voice whenever they talk about Denver, which is just like. Not necessary at all. Um, Colin Coward did say that that Jokic is like, you know, the best player in the league. Which we've been we've known that since twenty twenty one. I think that's been our like thing. Like for the past three years, I think Jokic has been the best player in the NBA. Um, and right now, like it's not even close. It, it's not the gap between him and second place, which I think is Curry. Like. It, the gap, all right, let's go. The gap between him and Giannis, who was kind of the consensus number one player, poof, man, it's really big. Um, and Embiid, and Embiid's and an even bigger like, gap. People were saying that, like, well, Giannis and Jokic are both 10s on offense. Like, Giannis is a 10 on defense. There's, there's a Richard a Jefferson no, take Giannis right there. Giannis is not a 10 on offense. Giannis is not a 10 on offense. He's like a 
seven or an eight at yeah. best. Like, yes, he can put up points. He can dominate the game offensively sometimes, but he cannot control the game nearly as much as Jokic. And the the DMVR guys said this a lot, and and I like I'm going to start adopting this. So shout out uh, shout out Adam Mars. But like they were they were saying like you watch Jokic one game, you're not going to get it. You watch him right. you know, once a week, once a once a month, every time they're on national television. It's, you're not going to get it. You, you won't understand. You watch him every single game throughout the course of the postseason, every single game throughout the course of the regular season, then you'll understand like what he does and what he, like everything that he does has a methodic a method. There's every everything he does is planned out. Everything he does is up to him, and he controls the game at his pace every single time. And people just do not understand that because they don't talk about them, they don't watch them, they don't put them on yeah. national TV. Like you will understand until you watch them every single game. Um, and I'm like, so, I'm so glad that people are starting to see it because at least now people are like backtracking on their opinions. Like they're saying, like, yes, he's very good. Yes, he's best in the world now. We've been on that train for three years. I have a video on this channel of me saying that he's the best in the world after he won his MVP. Like I said, he had been playing as the best in the world since Game Seven against Utah. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, have, I have proof that I have said that, Thanks. and we've both been on that train for for. Since that well, point. It, it keeps but now finally because people are watching them and they understand like oh wow you need help to win. It keeps it's like it's, it's it's so pleasurable to see the the one eight the 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 consensus and the media they're always like two years behind I think maybe even three yeah. years behind because like you know it started out with Jokic Porzingis um, and then it went Jokic Towns. It went Jokic AD, and I was I was saying Jokic is better than AD probably like twenty nineteen before the before COVID. I remember saying that Jokic was better than than AD, um, and then obviously they so I guess they're four years late maybe now that I'm saying that. Um, and, and then obviously it became Jokic is the best player in the world. That was about twenty 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 one. Now I think Jokic is the best offensive player ever, which I think will be what they say in about five years. Um, and I think he's... I mean, like, if you once you look on this run that Jokic is on, if Denver's able to close this out and win a championship, this three-year run, two straight MVPs, run for a third straight, like, one of the greatest statistical playoff runs of all time, culminating with a championship and a finals MVP, that's one of the best three-year stretches in NBA history. Yeah. Like, bar none. That is one of the best. Like, it goes like, like Hakeem... Going back to back with his MVPs and, and, and his championships, it's like Jordan's stretch in either one, like 96 to 99 or 90 to 93. Like those stretches, LeBron with his four MVPs in five years, like there were stretches where you look and like, wow, that's an all time great peak. This is going to be viewed at as an all time great peak if Denver's able to close right. this up because it's just, like you just look back, he's averaged like 27, 11, and 9 over three years in the regular season. And you look at his postseason stats, they're even more ridiculous. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, he, uh, like, he's truly a statistical anomaly. I mean, there was that whole thing about him not winning three MVPs because he's not like an all time great or whatever, but he is. He's better than Larry Bird. He's he better is. than whoever. Who's the other guy that won three in a row? I'm forgetting. But. It's either Wilt or Bill Russell. All right, whatever. I mean, he's better than We're both, so who cares at, at that yeah. point, really? So, I, I mean, he is one of those guys. He is an all-time great. Um, I think, like, a top – man. I, <laughs> top three. A Finals MVP is going to create some incredibly uncomfortable yeah, I, I, conversations. I'm thinking, like, peak-wise, if this is his peak, 
it could even get better. Like this is a top, top definitely top ten peak of all time. I want to say like top three peak of all time. Um, and honestly, like I, it, it could be the best. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's like, this peak that I've watched, <laughs> like I, I didn't watch LeBron when he was going, Kobe, MJ, obviously, like, but from when I started watching basketball in 2017, this is the best peak that I've yeah. ever seen. Like, this is the best studio stretch I've ever seen. I mean, if you're looking at basic stats, like it's not close because LeBron, LeBron's peak, I mean, probably like 31, eight and eight, I'll say is his peak. And, and, and Jokic you know, blows those stats out of the water, man. I mean, not even close. Obviously, Jordan, his counting numbers uh, or per game numbers outside of scoring, like, doesn't add up to Jokic at all. So, like, if you're just looking at, at purely box score um, averages, like, that's the, Jokic's, like, triple-double averages is, like, the best, you know, you can wow. get with with the efficiency. Because you can look at Westbrook, oh, Westbrook averages triple-double. He's not talking about it like this. Well, you know, look at his shooting splits, and, that, and that's why. Um mm-hmm. Like, his shooting splits, his usage rate, his record in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. Which, not like his fault. The team was not built to win, but that's part of it. But yeah, I'm like, I, I think, I think a Jokic ring and a Finals MVP. You're going to start talking about him being better than than Dirk. I think. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, like I think that that's that's like, I don't think there's any like he has more MVPs, has a similar Finals run. He doesn't have an all-star or like a loaded team or like if you ask all time who's better rick carlisle or michael malone people are going to pick rick carlisle every single time like you talk about all those other intangibles Jokic is probably going to be better like i'm thinking this might be weird i'm thinking like even potentially like Dwayne wade like Dwayne wade's like i don't know where i would have him rank i to me he's the third best shooting guard clearly like of all time like it's mj kobe Wade, and then a huge gap between AI and Harden. Yeah. Um, or with AI and Harden. But as like a player of all time, I think like top 20, probably like around there, he's probably going to be right. Like he's going to be above a ton of people who are like, wait, hold on. Yeah. No, and then I'm even, is- I'm thinking of like the best big men in history, like Hakeem, Kareem. I mean, right now, Jokic is on a better track than Hakeem. Hakeem didn't win his first ring until 10 or 11 years in, I believe. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kareem's going to have that, like, scoring number that Jokic is not going to pass. And he's probably – he's not going to get six rings or however many Kareem has. Um, six rings. just has – I think it's five MVPs. His five MVPs. Yeah, that's – that, ridiculous longevity. That's Kareem, insane. Kareem, I think, is untouchable. I don't think he's yeah. going to be able to get to that level. But I, maybe but second – I have Akeem like way high at all time and a lot of I have him like Oh yeah, um, no, I love like seven. Yeah. Like but so I if he can if he can get to Hakeem levels and get to top ten, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's gonna have to get another like at least two more rings. No, that's 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 why I brought up Hakeem is because I think he's the second best center of all time and like Kareem is first, so yeah. um I, I think he's better than Shaq. I think he's better than <laughs> Dwight, obviously. I don't know why I said his name, but um I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of like best big man of this past era. He's the best big man since Kareem, probably, um, or since Hakeem, wow. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, like I look, you know, you look at like like David Robinson. Like I think he's I think he's probably better than David Robinson. If with a ring in a championship, he's better than David Robinson. Jack, I would. He'd probably need to get two rings to yeah. probably pass Shaq. I, yeah, I, I guess I'm talking more like 
like peak like right now or just like as a player like yeah, Jokic is better? Oh yeah, peak is yeah peak way. I think yeah peak he's ridiculous. I, I think the only people who can pass him in peak center wise would be Kareem and Hakeem. Like that's it. There's no one, no one else. Yeah. Will, Will doesn't count. That, <laughs> I know Will just like doesn't. Will, count. <laughs> Will doesn't count. I, it's Will. Jokic's great now for his records anyway, so he's yeah. above him regardless. And Will does Will uh, even? Ha- does he have a ring? Does he have one? He has one. Yeah. He has one. He's, he's been there a ton, but he only has one ring. Yeah. Things with Jerry West, I think. Oh, no, he's got two. Uh, 1970. Oh, 1972, I don't really count that. That's like... It's like the last year of his career. I don't think he was putting up crazy numbers, but... Well, actually, I don't even... I don't know. It says he won finals MVP. Whatever that's that's like fifty years ago. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, um, it was a while. And and like so a stat is that Jokic is the fourth player that averaged a triple double in the conference finals. And Wilt's triple double stat is so funny. It was like seventeen points, thirty two rebounds, twelve assists. <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> thirty two. It was crazy. It's just ridiculous. His stats like they don't make sense. Like yeah. I, it's like Babe Ruth is like I. I don't like it, that's not real. Like it doesn't. It, that's not a real human being. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Doesn't make sense. Um, all right. So I, I think we had. It says seven minutes left in the Zoom. I kind of want to like talk about for the last seven minutes, like um, how in this new era of like NBA, I guess. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty new. Like with everyone being able to shoot, that really only happened. You know, probably since like 2015 or, or whatever. Like, it hasn't been that yeah. long where literally everyone pretty much can shoot the ball. And everyone, this is the most talented the league has ever been. And, you know, that'll keep increasing. Like, the league in 2040 will be more talented than the league right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I think just playmakers are going to be so valuable going forward. The guys who can, like, be able to kick it out to these super talented super skilled players who can all shoot like that is just so valuable right now and i think the most valuable that the playmaker has ever been because like if you look at jordan like he's like the only guy in that era like who's just a straight killer like and he's just so much better than everyone else around him scoring the basketball that he doesn't really even need to like pass because no one else can really make a shot but now in this era where scores don't win anything um and they really like historically haven't won much outside of jordan um and 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 kobe but kobe did have like another an all-time great next to him um but like Allen iverson nothing uh kyrie irving you know out he had lebron outside of that nothing um kevin durant outside of playing with curry nothing um and all these guys that i'm saying all these guys i'm saying are playmakers like Kyrie without playmaking lebron doesn't make the playoffs kd without playmaking curry and draymond gets gets second rounded um but they're weird though like there's there's some playmakers that are just like different like luka doncic I know the assist numbers are, are insane, and he makes insane passes, but like there's just something different com- with his playmaking compared to Jokic's, where it still feels like Luka is kind of hard to win with, but that could just be like defense, 
strictly. So I I, I don't know, but um, it's, I think it's it's his defense, but it's also the fact that he has never had like a competent roster around him. Like that is true. But I'm thinking like even like Harden because Harden his assist numbers are insane, but. He hasn't done anything in the playoffs outside of when he had Chris Paul. Like, he was definitely a score in Houston. Um, this Philly team has all the pieces that you need. They're just so, like, yeah. like mentally not there that they just don't, like, I can't, like, count them because they're just not a real, like, team. <laughs> like, they're just not yeah. functional. <laughs> Even though they have all the pieces, yeah. you have Harden a playmaker, you have Embiid a score, and then you have a bunch of role players who are good. Like I feel like that's really all you need. That's what the Nuggets have: playmaking, Jokic, scoring, Murray, bunch of great role players. You know, Warriors, playmaking, Curry, scoring, Clay, bunch of great role players. Boom, dynasty. Like that's all you need. But but Philly, James Harden and and and, and Embiid, I, I I can't trust. Um, so I don't know, but. Uh. <laughs> I think the guys yeah, who, who no, are I, able to play. Like, like early early two thousands, it was like you need to have like a big man here and have a yeah. strong big man two man game uh, to win. Now it's you have to have shooting. I feel playmaking is is just going to be such at an all time high in terms of demand. Like it's wing defense and playmakers. Yep. Um, Denver, I think, was slightly ahead of the curve in terms of that. going out drafting Christian Brown, signing Bruce Brown. Um, training for KCP, like they got them. Bruce Brown, playmaker, wing defender, Christian Brown, KCP, wing defender, shooters, cutters. Like they, they got all the pieces around them that you need. These uh, great, like I, this formula to, to win around LeBron has always been so simple. It's been get one or two really good scores around him and then surround him with defenders and shooters. And yeah, that's all you need. So the fact that it's really happened, like, once or twice in his career that they've actually built that type of a roster around him is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, there's also, like, the shorter players are definitely getting phased out. Like, guys who are, like, 6'2 and under, well, man, I mean, there are not many of them at all. Kyle Lowry is, yeah. like, the only remaining guy playing. But um, that and then uh, – what was I going to say? Oh, there's no, like – uh, yeah, like you have to have an NBA body now to to play. Like, there's no more like six three Kyle Corvers running around. Like the sharpshooters now are like six seven, like six 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 seven. Huge, Um. So yeah, like being being small is just like it sucks for for yeah. the average person. But you have to have an insane body and an insane wingspan to at least get like playoff minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at Denver. Yeah. Everyone's huge. Right. KCP is like 6'4", 6'5", as a sharpshooter. Christian Brown is like 6'7", Michael Ford Jr. 6'10". Aaron Gordon's huge. Jamal Murray for a guard is, yeah. is pretty big. He's 6'4", 6'5". He's very versatile in the way he plays. Yeah, I, I agree. The league is getting bigger. It's getting better. It's getting more talented. Um, yeah, sucks for the average Joe. None of us are ever going to. I know. No shot at making it unless we're generational on something. But, yeah. Oh, uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm so excited. I know. June first. We'll, we'll probably do, once once uh, the um, this series wraps up, whoever wins, either if my Boston makes the greatest comeback in basketball history, or <laughs> Miami closes it out tonight, or whatever they do, uh, we'll probably do a series preview. Um, and we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure that one out. So it's going to be it for me. Unless you got yep. anything else. 
All good. Good episode. Um, thank you all for watching. Yep. Go Nuggets. Peace. Peace.